It's Friday night. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Yay! Yay! How incredibly exciting. All of the comedy. Tonight's amazing show topic is broken. Comedic stories of trauma. We're going to have comedians come up here and tell you stories with broken bones and faces and hearts and Anything that can possibly be broken, it's going to happen tonight up on this stage. Uh, I'm super excited. Hey, Steve, he's been in a motorcycle accident. That's kind of what this is about. Have you been in a crazy accident? Here's the deal. Tonight, we have an open mic for people in the audience to tell stories of their pain and trauma, literal and figurative, uh, while the comedians tell stories of their own pain and trauma but before we even start with that, we have a, we have a beautiful moment here. Uh, I have a great friend of mine I've known for many, many years now. We went to graduate school together for poetry, which means that we have deep, terrible pain. We have so much deep pain about all kinds of things that happened. I loved her poems about being in the circus because she was like, there was a Russian guy who abused me and my parents paid for it. And I was like, yeah, that's pain, baby. That was a ballerina, I feel you. Uh, so now she's an amazing artist, and she's been part of the Fringe Festival in different countries and everything. We're going to have her come up tonight and tell you about a new show that's coming up. She's going to promote this incredible new things that's happening. Uh, she's had so much pain in her heart. I know this because she has an MFA in poetry. Uh, please put your hands together, everybody. For Jeannie Cartier. Wait, you're married. What's your new last name? I'm a dick. Oh, it's the same. Yeah, you're a feminist. Yeah. I don't, I didn't change my name. Um, so um, I just want to speak to the pain thing for a second because I've like, as an acrobat, experienced like an enormous amount of physical pain in my life, like a crazy amount of physical pain. So I like completely, I'm sure, relate to all of the stories that are going to be told tonight. Um, I like literally just like break things on like a weekly basis. Like I'm just like, oh, there goes my shoulder. Like there goes my knee. All right, cool. Um, Cause I'm like 29 now and I've been doing it since I was six years old. So that's 23 years. It's a really long time. Um, but the show that I'm doing is called Saturnalia. It's a holiday show that's like not like any other holiday show because it's about the Roman origins of Christmas. <laughs> so it's not actually about like the true meaning of Christmas, it's about like the true actual meaning of Christmas. Like, it, like in Roman times there was this festival called Saturnalia about like giving gifts and all this stuff and um, that's like where all these Christmas origins came from, like mistletoe and things like that. So um, it's a holiday show, it's kind of done in the style of like a Christmas special that you would see on TV, like the Judy Garland Christmas special. Um, um, but it's all about Roman origins of Christmas and then it's gonna be punctuated by like sexy circus acts, so it's like, you're gonna like learn some random facts about ancient Rome and then also see like a pole dancer. <laughs> so um, I think it'll be really cool. It's happening December 15th, 16th, 22nd and 23rd. I've got flyers, you should come see it. <laughs> it'll be really awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Yay! Go see Jeannie Cartier in Saturnalia. Saturnalia? Uh, is it on Eventbrite? Where can people find? Where is the actual venue that you're going to be doing this? Brown paper tickets, Eventbrite, Saturnalia. It's Facebook. Facebook. Where is it going to actually be physically done? It's not in Rome. At the Sheldon Theater. What an amazing space. Awesome. 
yeah, right by Union Square. You're going to get so many people. Like, there are going to be so many people that come from, they just, they're leaving their their Union Square hotel room and they're like, I want to go see, I'm going to see Saturnalia. Hell yeah. But I, Musically brought to you by Northern Waste. Musically by Northern Waste. Everybody look them up. What an amazing band, Northern Waste. Uh, Facebook, it's just look up Northern Waste. Yay, everybody clap for Jeannie Cartier. Yay. She experienced, uh, she has a poem about a Russian lady sitting on her head so that she can be contorted the opposite way. To, she, has, she had a thing the first time I was like, I mean, I always love your poetry, but when you did that thing with the chair, like, holy fuck. I was, oh, fuck yeah, you are. So you actually inspired me. Every time I go to OMG's open mic on a Tuesday, they have a cordless mic. So, and they have a, a stool. So I like to put myself through the stool with the cordless mic just as like a test, like to A, to see if I'm skinny because I'm like really vain. And then B, because, you know, I'm just trying to work on my talents. I don't know. You gotta, cordless mics are hard to work with. Uh, this is The Broken Show. Yay, welcome. I haven't broken, I haven't broken very much because uh, I have no shame, so I have no heart. Uh, but I, I did... I did uh, one time, I guess I should just, so this is the story that got me into comedy. (laughs) So I used to be a poet and I was all into that and shit. And I was riding my skateboard around in my late 30s thinking I was all cool and shit. Yeah, meow, 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 meow. I have no problems with the world. I ride a skateboard and I'm old. Ah, ha, ha. Look, I'll never age. I'm getting MFA in poetry. I don't give a fuck about the world, right? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, and then I fell on my face and lost three teeth. Well, I spit teeth out into my hand. That was the beauty of it. It's like, you know, when you lose your vigilance for like, does everybody understand vigilance? Like, is this vig? You're like being vigilant and then you think about something. I don't even have a smartphone. I don't even know what distracted me. It might have actually been my dumb phone, but I lost my vigilance for just a second and I fell on my face really hard. Hey! And then I got up from it and these kids ran at me and they're like, you're not okay. And I was like, well, that's not the thing. And they handed me a toilet paper roll and I put it up to my chin. And then I spit out teeth. I spit out my actual teeth, which was the worst thing ever because my mother had always said, don't ever do that. You're going to lose your teeth. Like since I was a small child, we spent $26,000 making your mouth perfect. Don't ever fuck with that. She never used the word fuck because she was a Christian, you know. But I, and I when, I, when I fell on my face and I spit the teeth out, all I can think was, she was right. <laughs> she was, my mother was so right. I suck. I should have never ridden a skateboard. That was the dumbest thing. I ever did. Uh, and then it was on the weekend when the fucking, it was on the weekend with the carnival and the bullshit. Uh, it was also, the week, there's this one weekend in my life that's plagued with death, like I've had near-death experiences. It's all in May. I left my husband in May. I got my DUI in May, flipped the car three times, almost died. <laughs> Should have told that story, forgot about that one. Fell on my skateboard, broke my teeth out. But that was a problem. It was one of these... Happy weekends, Memorial weekend. Is it Memorial Day? When is it when we're celebrating people that fought for us? Whatever. And so the fucking dentistry thing was closed. So I'm in the ER and they're like, okay, you spit some teeth out. This is kind of a big problem. You need some emergency dentistry surgery, but nothing's going to be open until Tuesday. We're going to give you a lot of Vicodin. (laughs) Yay! 
problem was I ran out on Sunday and I couldn't get there till Tuesday. So Tuesday morning I got to the, they fixed me. It's fine. It's not even that bad. Like, oh no, meow, meow. Poor little white girl lost some teeth. Oh, oh, is she so broken? But it really was awful. Once I lost that tooth, I paid for it. I paid $4,000 to get that tooth back. It took me four years to save the motherfucking money, but I did it. Why? Because if you don't have a tooth in a place that people can see in your face, they think you're a crackhead. Even if you're white. Even if you're white. Then they think you're a meth head. They're like, oh, did you just move here from South Carolina or one of those other other places where they don't have teeth I don't know but I was like no I have an MFA in poetry but I'm missing a tooth what does that mean they're like it means you need to get your tooth back honey I'm like four thousand dollars took me a long time to save that money I actually kind of want to write a story about like what it's like to not have teeth in this I mean I wish if I would have gone to England they would have been like fuck you we don't give a fuck right they're like you're missing a tooth. We can see it. You look great. Like you're the the two front are straight, and you're worried about the fourth from the back. Fuck you. I should have gone to England. Instead, I'm in America, where they're like, we can't trust you with our children because you're missing a tooth. It's a stigma. It's a stigma. I also smoke pot. If you smoke pot and are missing a tooth, they're like, is that a crack? No, it's pot. I'm so broken. All right. Uh, well, that's all I'm going to talk about to start out this show. Uh, hey, everybody, we sing a song at the beginning of Pam Tass's Comedy Clubhouse. If you know how it goes, sing along with us. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse, Comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. <laughs> I need a vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! If we're all adults here and we can all make an adult decision, if anyone has a problem with it, does, and if you do have a problem with it, please raise your hand. We will not stigmatize you for that. Is everyone okay with us smoking pot inside? Does anyone have a problem with that? It's, we don't want to, and I hate to make you raise your hand because I don't want you to have any peer pressure, but if anyone has a problem with it, I'm totally fine with it. We don't have to. We can go outside, but if we're okay, we can smoke it inside. It looks like we're all okay. Can I get, can I get some nods? Okay, we're good. Yeah! They're like, we don't know what this means. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it means we can smoke pot inside. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fun. Yay, it's a broken show. We're all broken. Does anybody, before we start with our first comedian, are there any audience members that want to tell their own broken stories? Tonight is an open mic. Um, we're going to do three-minute stories with people from the audience who have stories about being specifically broken with physical or really, really bad emotional trauma. Uh, and then we also have amazing comedians that are on the bill. Uh, so we're going to kind of punctuate through and through. But are there, is there anybody who wants to start at the night before we bring out our first comedian? Anybody itching? No? Itching? Do you want to itch? Hell yeah. He's itching for it. Our first broken story of the night is coming to us by Scotto of Flat Black Plastic. If you guys haven't listened to Flat Black Plastic on Saturdays from noon to two, you're missing out. He only plays vinyl and he mixes them together and he's a genius. And you need to subscribe to his show right now. But right now he's going to tell you a story about when he was broken. Everybody put your hands together for Scotto! Do I talk to this guy here? First of all, don't call me a genius. 
because that's a problem. But when you talk about broken, you see the two bones of your lower leg on your right leg popping out of your skin in front of the fire station at 19th and Folsom. And you try to hammer that back shit in with a book. See, I didn't think this was going to be funny, but it's good that it's working like this. But you go into fucking monkey mode. You literally, you're like getting down to how do I make the shit that is not happening backwards? And you hit the fucking bones with the book. And you feel like you're in a fucking Kubrick movie, you know? Bam, bam, bam. What are you going to do? And then the the lovely, beautiful firefighters at 19th and Folsom pump you full of drugs and put you into the one of the places that has the best trauma centers of any place in the nation. Not in the city. Not in the state, but in the fucking nation. And they just keep giving you more drugs. And you don't have to pay for that shit. Thank you, Obama. Thank you. There's a lot of shit you could thank Obama about. And Delauded is one of those things. I, I, I feel like when they shot me full of Delauded, I, my, my closest thing that I could come up with was uh, getting hit by uh, like a semi big fucking truck full of pillows. <laughs> That's what it fucking felt like. And they kept at, and they kept saying what is your pain level? And I would just always go zero. <laughs> zero. And they said, well, you broke two of the biggest, the, the femur, which is between your knee and your hip, is the biggest bone you could, tell me when I'm, honk horn when one minute. Okay, so, and then I also got hit by a car. <laughs> and that was at 16th and Bryant when the, the guy was turning the corner and I was walking, I was in the crosswalk, and I thought I had made eye contact but because the way the sun went into his windshield, he decided he would put me on his hood and then throw me and my groceries into the sky. <laughs> and I saw that shit in slow mother motherfucking motion, man. But it's tough. There's a bunch of fucked up stuff and people 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 don't think about fucked up stuff happening and it happens all day long every day. Is that a good stopping point? <laughs> Scott O of flat black plastic. Yes! Two different stories. The first one he was on a skateboard in front of the second one you were were you on a bike when you got hit by the car? Both times. Bullet time skateboard. 
Yes. Yes! He actually, after... After his skateboard accidents, one of the first times that I knew that Scotto was a good friend of mine, he was like, I, uh, I, I can't walk anymore and uh, I used to skateboard. Do you want this awesome skateboard? And I was like, yeah. And he gave me this like three and a half foot independent board with these great independent trucks. And it's like a fucking surfboard. And he said, I just, I can't skate anymore. So I got to give these away to good people who skate. And I'm like, yeah. And then I fell on my face too many times, broke my nose and stuff. And then I'm like, I don't know, I can't skate. Now Jonathan skates all the boards. He, that's how he still has no fear because he's still in his 30s. I'm in my 40s. You're in your 50s. That's why we don't skateboard anymore because we're trying to be smarter about that. All right, <laughs> talking about being broken. Yeah. Uh, your first comedian of the night. What a broken individual this is. Wow, uh, he just got married, and that is amazing, and we're so proud of him. Uh, but he, everybody, you won't be able to clap your hands together because he wants to tie them with rope behind your back and then tell you jokes. Put your hands together, everybody, for Ken Suzuki! Oh, trying to get into character, guys. Hold on. All right, head trauma, let's begin. Oh, I have a lot of head injuries. I don't remember how I got most of them. It's really funny, the stories that like get imprinted on your body, you don't know how you get them, you just remember the, f the shame that accompanies them. <laughs> the physical shame and everything you internalize. If you have a scar above your eyebrow and it's your left eyebrow, I should let you know. I don't know how you avoid it, but just don't never speak, talk back to your mother when she's, you're three and she has rings on her right hand. She taught me the sweet science, I can tell you that. Speaking of which, when you get like older, you think you overcome your sexual uh, repression, you know, you reach a certain age and you think you'll overcome it. This is kind of a broken bone story. I don't know how to talk. All right, so you're 16 years old, you're happy, you've met someone. Someone allows, allows you to get inside them for the very first time. You're overjoyed that this could happen to you. You know what you're doing. You know, if she's on top, you don't have to do as much work, and you thrust, it'll, it'll work itself out. Not forgetting person, hey, just as inexperienced as you, does not realize that if you do not time thrusts, there will be what we call a liftoff. Liftoff is fine. If you got good aim, you're in control, you know what's going on. But... If it's the first time, you don't have any aim. So you find yourself crying, <laughs> crooked, broken, in a hospital emergency room, trying to think of what lie you can tell doctors. Uh, because you know they're going to call your parents. They got no confidentiality. You're, not, you're still a minor. So what do you do? You go, car door. Car door. And they look at you, and they put the clipboard down. Okay. Because you don't want to type in. Then your parents finally go, and then, so your parents arrive. 
And you're going to, you know, I'm going to keep this story going. I don't care. I might not be ever be able, I might never be able to use my dick again. Well, it's just a little scar tissue and a little nine degrees. All right, we'll figure it out. And they look at each other. And they look at you. And you know when they're faced, they're like, we knew interracial breeding was wrong. This is what has become of it. <laughs> this is what we've produced. And then six months later, divorced. And you think, I think I had something to do with that. And it just sticks with you <laughs> for the rest of your life. Uh, which is cool. It's kind of cool being a sexual deviant. Um, gotten married since then, um, which is all right. I don't have any issues or baggage uh, to bring to the table. Uh, my wife and I are polyamorous, uh, which I found out just means we're unattractive. <laughs> you know, so much so. <laughs> so much so. I think we're just monogamous now by default. So what do lonely polyamorous couples do? Well, the one who's even more broken than you just said, hey, why not stop taking our birth control and talk about starting a family? And I'm like, yeah, I, I love you, but listen, I already have one kid in like every state, and um, <laughs> that's a joke. No, I don't have a kid. That's irresponsible. I don't have a kid in every state. I have changed my name like 50 times, though. So that's a child support avoidance joke, sir. No, that's not the issue. Uh, the issue is I'm just getting older, you know, and I don't think I have what it takes. Like, you know you're getting older when your idea of good sex uh, means finishing without severe back pain. <laughs> Seriously, I've had to take up yoga just so I can bust a nut without blowing a disc. <laughs> have you ever had sex with a yogi? It's freaky, man. People just pulling out money shots right in the third eye. <laughs> That's not come. That's enlightenment you're feeling. It's enlightenment. Because you got to stay woke, folks, right? You got to stay woke. Woke. Why is it that it's those same people that use that word unironically are the same ones you want to put to sleep? <laughs> I mean, really. I don't know. I do know this. Fisting. Say what you want about it. It'll add depth to any relationship. <laughs> about this much. Married men in this audience, though. Gotta give you a word of advice. If you're into fisting, let's say you're left-handed, always remember, take the wedding ring off first. <laughs> you don't want to be caught doing an emergency spelunking. Quick, grab the speculum and the magnetic butt club plug, boys. We're going in. Go, go, go. Dive on the ass. Rim jobs are interesting, haven't they? They've gone mainstream. Well, the bidet has yet to catch on in this country. Seems kind of backwards, but hey, rim jobs, say what you want about them. They are very probiotic. A kombucha on a budget's what I call them. <laughs> and I'm sorry, folks. I am, but if you've ever, if you've ever eaten kimchi, you can eat an asshole. <laughs> they taste practically the same. <laughs> and much like kimchi, once you've tried it, you might even find yourself enjoying it. I mentioned children earlier, and I do think about the possibility of having them. I used to be afraid of it, but not anymore. 
Because if there's one thing my parents' relationship taught me, is that a cynical child is a happy child. You can never disappoint your children when they've learned to expect nothing from you. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, it's true. Be mindful of that as you pen your suicide note, folks. <laughs> Purple prose does not a good suicide letter make. <laughs> no. You want to say more with less. When it comes to writing, be a Nietzsche. Don't be a Kant. <laughs> so you guys think that... Mar <laughs> Genius! Give me a development deal, sir. So you guys think that Trump would be a more popular president if he had been caught saying, grab them by the means of production? <laughs> it's just a random thought. Just a random thought. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know anything anymore, folks. I don't know. I do know this. Lesson from marriage. Fellas, remember that your wife is not your dick. You cannot beat her. <laughs> I don't care how much lubricant you use. <laughs> Domestic violence is wrong. It is wrong to hit or abuse your partner in any way without a safe word. <laughs> and, and if you are going to simulate drowning them, give them something to hold on to. If they drop it, that's their safe word. <laughs> you know, it's just a little waterboarding, folks. Just a little waterboarding to spice things up in the bedroom. And say what you will. Say what you will about waterboarding foreplay. It really gets them wet. <laughs> Let me backtrack. Oh. For those of you in this audience that don't know what a safe word is, okay? A safe word is that fine line between foreplay and a human rights violation. It's the difference between 50 shades of gray and 50 shades of Abu Ghraib. Thank you. I just stole a new kind of toilet paper today and it was uh, Fifty Shades of Brown. <laughs> something I stole from the Starbucks. I don't, I don't buy toilet paper. Fuck you guys, right? <laughs> Sorry, they make enough paper. I don't have to buy it, right? I don't know, I'm confused about that. No, I don't use, that's the thing. I don't use, I just got off my period, yay. Talking about broken. All women are broken all the time. We like bleed. Aren't you broken when you bleed? Like that's the thing we're taught. Oh, I'm bleeding. I'm broken. I'm like, I bleed once a month. Am I broken once a month? According to this society, yeah. Uh, but I, so when I bleed, I don't like to use paper products uh, because I'm a communist. No, because I'm cheap. <laughs> so, so I use baby bib blood diapers. What does that mean? I, I take, 
I, I stole some baby bibs from someone else's federal mail that they didn't pick up. You know, whatever. They left it in my apartment for two weeks. This means it's free game. And I open up the package and it's baby bibs. And I'm like, what am I going to do with these? So I've been uh, soaking up my twat juice with those for like four years now. And just washing them like everything else. It's great. I'm just saying. You don't have to put paper and plastic near your twat. You can just be natural. I am a broken human being. That's <laughs> okay. Your next comedian. What an exciting guy. Uh, he's he's never had a period, but he lives like in the woods, which makes me think that he's taken mushrooms once or twice, and maybe he thought he had a period. I don't know. It's you, David. I, he bleeds all the time for the love of sake. I'm wearing this shirt. I'm wearing a Lucifer Rise. He has a show every Tuesday from 10 to midnight called Occult Oubliette. Listen to his shows. They're so funny. And he talks about Lucifer and like pasta and all kinds of amazing things. Put your hands together for David Stolowitz. Yay! Not necessarily in that order. As a kid, I didn't get injured uh, the way some of my friends did. I mean, a lot of them broke bo- bones, fell out of stuff. One girl I knew had her finger bit off by a horse. They were at the petting zoo. She was just sticking it in there, and he's like, a carrot, awesome. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't digest it. They got it out. They were able to reattach it and save her finger. Small miracles, you guys. <laughs> yeah, um... So I guess my, my injuries started more like when I moved up to Washington State in my teens with my family, and uh, I stepped on a light bulb once when we were getting ready for the holidays, and uh, still got the scar from that. Bled a lot, but was not too painful. It just kind of got embedded in there. And then I we had a spa, and I loved to hang out there and uh, wrestle with my cousins, <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting <laughs> a toe jammed, and like the nail went backwards. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it was very bloody and, and pretty painful. And my grandma the whole way was just like, shut up, you're such a little bitch. Why are you making so much noise? <laughs> Which is so ironic because she's complained more than anyone else I've ever known in my life. Now she's really old, she's in pain all the time, and I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, one time I was trying to replace an air conditioning unit for my mom and uh, the secure fastenings weren't secure, so it fell out and shredded one of my fingers. Still got something left over from that. What what else is on here? See, it's like I just have to look at my body to remember what happened to it. (laughs) You stoners might know this. You ever just burn your fingers or your eyebrows, you know, when you're (laughs) trying to light up? What what did I get this from? trying to remember this one or did I block it out because this was recent <laughs> oh yeah I was um I was trying to get uh like we were gonna fix uh our curtains in the trailer I live in an RV and uh they they have strings and some of them got broken and so I, I was trying to get the the plastic case with the replacements open and it's one of those sealed things where it's vacuum shut and there's no way to get it open logically so I'm trying to squeeze the scissors into there and they just pops out is my finger it's really deep and really painful and my boyfriend's just had it with me lately so he's like whatever (laughs) but a trip to walgreens later and uh getting recorded against my will i was better 
You notice that now you walk into Walgreens, there's just signs that say, you consent to be recorded by being here. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, sex is where I start to get super neurotic. Like, um, I don't know. I think I'm more traumatized mentally than physically sometimes. Because, like, I was so afraid of going to hell once that I held a, a flame up to my dick to try to condition it. <laughs> I was just like, you're not doing it, man. It's not worth it. <laughs> there used to be this church sign. I saw it on the internet once, and it says, is touching yourself really worth going to hell? And the caption was, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so I tried, but I just couldn't off myself that way. So I went back into the theater, and I talked to the dead people, and I turned back into a werewolf, you guys. <laughs> oh, mutiny radio. <laughs> lovely evening yes (sighs) um yeah things get hairy a couple times um i remember in the boy scouts like there was so much hopophobia all the time and the kids just like took all the adult homophobia as an endorsement for really bad gay jokes you know about farting and sitting on bar stools and shit like that and that that stereotypical one that gay guys always use now when you're driving through an intersection do we turn right or go straight oh i could never go straight yeah like i haven't heard that a thousand times thank you thank you progress um yeah so i remember like one time uh there was talk about abuse and, uh, the, you know, they were always scared of the pederasts and stuff. And, uh, see, I never touched anybody except the guy I had my first time with. And, uh, I guess it was kind of traumatic because he was trying to give me a BJ and he had like, braces. It didn't make a good combo. But, like, meanwhile, my straight friends were getting molested by a scout leader. And his name was, I shit you not, Dr. Seuss. Can you believe that? <laughs> I almost wonder if it was, like, a stage name or something. He, he got cut years later and sent away. It was very sad for his son. Yeah. Might make for some great art, though. Who knows? Um, so, yeah. Um, I got beat up when I was in Hawaii. Uh, it wasn't for being gay. It was for being white after 10 on Super Bowl in a Hawaiian neighborhood. They assumed I was trying to steal their gasoline, but I was really just looking for mushrooms and avocados, you guys. It was a big misunderstanding. <laughs> Oh, but like, I just wasn't the same when I got back. I started growing hair on my back and doing open mics. (laughs) Been angry ever since. Yeah, it's okay. So, uh, yeah, the thing was, is like, I've had back problems for many years. That's been my biggest physical health problem. Um, I, I think it started with like an old injury in the weight room when I was in high school. I was trying to lift too much because I was trying to prove that, you know, I wasn't a fag. I was a macho man, and I cracked my back. It was like some kind of a deadlift, and I was just trying to put all the, the weight on my lower back, and it, it just never really healed. So over the years, I I would always sloop over because I was depressed, and then I would wear like a really heavy backpack just loaded down with all my textbooks to show people how smart I was. which was not very smart as it turns out the chiropractor told me um at least i never put my wallet in my back pocket you know little little things (laughs) 
So uh, years later, I had to have chiropractic and I got acupuncture. And when I was in grad school at San Jose State, I decided the best way to treat my back pain was lots and lots of marijuana. Not so much, Pam. Um, <laughs> because uh, I had been like touring around the country um, during my earlier phase, you know, the world of light before everything fell apart. Um, and uh, I learned about vaping, not like um, cigarette vaping with tobacco, but like marijuana vaping with the big boxes and stuff. And you go up to Jupiter on that stuff. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I got a vape box and I was just using it to treat my pain. And I was having interesting visions like while I was doing it. And I was getting more interested in like religion and magic than language, which was kind of secondary. And they have some ancient connection that goes back to Thoth and Hermes, but nobody's into that shit anymore. <laughs> so it's like uh, I was kind of into Rastafarianism, but like it turns out that I was really wrong about Rastas. Like for one thing, they don't drink. They're vegetarians. And uh, they don't believe in abusing marijuana. They only use it as part of a controlled religious ritual where it's like in a communal space and you you don't use it just to get high. You use it to commune with God. It's a little more of a high. <laughs> Do they? Aww. I, you're the second person I heard that from. Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> There goes my last dreams of being a Rasta. <laughs> oh, well. On to Islam. <laughs> I don't know. The principle with all these things is surrender, basically. I, I hold too tightly sometimes. I, I think I want more control in my life. And then security escorts me down from the tower and out of the airport. So it does not work out so well. <laughs> Prayer and meditation is good, but if you think you're contacting some outside entity, I got a surprise for you. It's hiding in here, and it's a little more familiar than you might realize. So it's good because, like, I've gotten healthier from doing that kind of stuff, but it took a lot of years and a lot of deconditioning, and eventually one day I just forgot myself, and it was splendid. I was everybody. I was Pam. I was the glass. I was the pretty lights. I was Bob, you know? <laughs> and then I was me again. Oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I recommend that. I don't think that you can pray the gay away. Prayer is not the solution to everything. It should not replace medicine. It should go along with it. Maybe if I had had better attitudes, I'd be in a different place, but then I wouldn't be a stand-up comedian, you guys. So thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> David Stolowitz, everybody. Listen to his podcast here on Mutiny Radio every Tuesday night from 10 to midnight called Cold Oubliette. You say, what is an oubliette? It is a dungeon that only has one access point, which is at the top. <laughs> Listen to a Cold Oubliette. It'll fuck your mind up. I know. It's so good. Uh does anybody have a story they want to tell? Any of the audience members have a deep, decrepit story of pain and dismemberment they want to share? Oh, she does. Hey, you guys, we got a story. You got to come over here and, and, and get right your face into the microphone. My darling, she is uh, the co-host of AltaCast every Wednesday from 10 to or noon to 2, like I know anything. <laughs> Put your hands together, everybody. A story of pain from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win! Yay! 
Well, this story is called Cocaine, Champagne, and Rosé. Very, it's one of my Becky sides. Um, so, how does one put a dent in one's face? No, it's not through fight. No, it's not through, you know, anything physical with another person. Let's just blame alcohol. And myself being a bartender, you know, you would think I'm a smart drinker. No, false. <laughs> Pam's my friend for number one. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so um, after a lovely, lovely Sunday of cocaine, champagne, and rosé, I was going really hard all day until I finally blacked out. Now, how do I know I blacked out? I don't know. I just... Let's just say the dent in my face woken my ass up. So um, I don't recall ordering my Uber or Lyft. I don't recall my driver. I don't recall even having shoes on. But I do recall me getting out of whatever vehicle I was in. Don't know, don't even know my name. I do recall walking up the stairs to my house and walking up the stairs should not be a hard task and most of the time drunks usually fall down the stairs oh but not me no I fall up these stairs <laughs> not once nor twice fucking three times up the goddamn stairs now it was not until I felt something like after I don't know step 17 where I'm like Something on my face doesn't feel right anymore. So I'm just like, well, fuck it, I'm home. So I just go to bed. And then, uh, you know, wake up the next day, you know, I'm in a world of pain because of cocaine, champagne, and rosé. Well, I'm getting ready for work. I'm putting on my makeup, and I see something weird to my face. I didn't lose a tooth. I didn't black an eye. I dented my side cheek which I still have. I made my own dimples, ladies. <laughs> I made one fucking dimple because of cocaine, champagne, and rosé. I never wanted dimples. I was not that kind of girly girl. So I go to work. I'm like, oh my God, how the fuck does one make a dimple? My friends at work are like, what's wrong with your face? I mean, you were a shithouse when you left, but what happened? you motherfuckers did this to me because of cocaine, champagne, and rosé. I made my own dimple. How the, what do you mean? I'm like, has one ever fallen up the stairs before? I did three times. I dented my own face. I just, you know, it didn't hurt either. That's the thing, it didn't hurt. So I just created a new thing. People love surgery now, so just fall, fall up the stairs. And all you have to do is just do a bunch of drugs, cocaine, rosé, and champagne. I'm wrapping this shit up. That is my painful story. The end. <laughs> Find her album soon. Cocaine, rosé, and champagne. Cocaine, champagne, and rosé. Coming out on iTunes. Coming up. We'll make a song about it on the AltaCast. We'll rap to it. I'm a white rapper with the toy of the sheriff of truth. We're going to release our songs later. Fuck yeah.
you're your next comedian. I can't wait to hear her stories of pain because she's like a fellow tribe member of mine. So we share so much pain, like just from. I mean, we can share all the pain if we want, but I want to hear your pain. You guys, clap your hands wildly for your next comedian, Aviva Siegel! Yay! Oh my God, you're Jewish? Yeah, Benjamin, baby. That rules, dude. I didn't know that. I'm so happy to hear that. Hell yeah, we are in the tribe. I was looking behind me, I was like, are you guys in a tribe, like a secret? Are you in a cult? I was like, oh, you mean Jewish. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I, uh, so I did break a bone once and uh, broken a few bones in my life. Um, I wanted to make that sound sexual. I broke my elbow. It wasn't sexy at all. Uh, but I was living in Olympia, Washington, where I went to school and I was riding on my evergreen. Did you? I love the. I love how passionate you're. More passionate than I am about evergreen. And I went there. Yeah. Our mascot is the gooey duck, um, and that is. Uh, do you guys know what that is? It is a mollusk um, that looks like a penis. It's a shell about this large, and then the body is like. Just Google it on your phones. It looks disgusting. Uh, but I was living in Olympia and I was riding my bike one day, listening to music as you should never do while you're riding a bike. Um, and I never did again, but, uh, that aside, I was like making a left turn and I like feel something weird behind me and I'm like, what the fuck? I'd like never felt it before. It was a car. And it was, uh, it's like, I've never felt this before. It was a car hitting my body. And, um, and I like fly off the bike as it felt. Uh, I probably just like slowly felt, fell off the bike. I felt like I flew off the bike and I ended up in a bush. And I had, I like didn't even know what happened. So the only thing I could think to do was just scream as loud as I could. So I was just like, ah. And I just like screamed so loud and these two uh, homeless people, like a boy and a girl, come running towards me and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Is there anything we could do? They were so fucking sweet. They were so nice. They wanted to like, they had a phone. They were like, can we call somebody? I was like, oh, you have a phone? Dope. Like, yeah. I uh, I don't even think I had a phone at the time. And, um, and, and they like called an ambulance and my arm hurt so fucking much and I was like, this fucking sucks. And the ambulance came and they like kind of looked at my arm a little bit and they're like, looks fine. And like my arm was like this, like it was just like in a weird position. And I was like, oh, but it like really like your arm's fine. They like kind of like came in, went out. I was like, God, you guys must have like a busy day or something. <laughs> and I went home and my roommates looked at my arm and they were like, your arm looks fucking broken. And I was like, it was, I, like had it, I was like, yeah, it hurts a lot. And I kept moving it just to like, and you shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. And I was just like, I want to feel the pain because I want to. And I was walking around with a broken arm for like two weeks. Just like, I was like sleeping on it. I was like, oh, this hurts so much. And my boyfriend was like, ah, you should just, you're not tough enough. He's such a dick. I was like, I'm gonna leave you in six months for a guy I meet on Birthright Israel. Little do you know. And uh, little do you know. And, um, and then finally I went to the emergency room and 
um, they were like, this arm is broken. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That's what I thought. They like x-rayed my elbow and it was broken. And, um, and then I start to like deal with things with the lady who hit me and the police and all that. And so I get a call from the insurance company and they were like, well, it looks like it's your fault. And I was like, what the, f first of all, this woman, like 90 years old, like she, I was like, my fault, she hit me from behind, like if a car hits you from behind, it's their fault. So I was like, this is insane. And I felt like they were just trying, like I was like young, they were trying to like manipulate me into being like, oh, of course it's my fault. I'm like a, some dumb fucking bitch or whatever. And uh, that was a little harsh, but um, I, uh, and so I was like, can't be my fault. The police were like so, they like got the date wrong on the form and all this. And I was like, what the fuck does this like woman want? The woman was like, oh, I think she was holding an iced tea at the time. I was not, I was not holding an iced tea. I got an iced tea after because I was very distressed. I was like, you just hit me. And she was like, can I get you anything to drink? I was like, I'm gonna get my own iced tea. And then I got an iced tea. Um, but I wasn't holding it. And then I started to do some research on this woman and I was like, what does she want from me? And I found out she was John Elway's great aunt. Wow. And I was like, I, uh, I don't stand a chance against this woman. John Elway's great aunt, as if that mattered. Um, <laughs> but then uh, I... Um, I called my parents like after a while because I was like, I need help. I don't know what the fuck to do. Like dealing with hospitals is really hard. It's like, ex like I owe, not from that, but like from, other, I, I fell on my bike at other times, but I do. Um, does anyone know medical debt in here? It sucks. Uh, it's weird. I'm ignoring it until I die. I'm not going to pay it. I'm not going to pay it. But that's a story for another time. But uh, the first time I got hit in my bike, so I like, you know, it, my dad's, you can get that if you want. <laughs> is that a, like a rotary phone? What is that? That's amazing. That's a really realistic um, ringtone. Very uh, technology these days. Anyway, um, so I uh, my dad starts to help me. He's like actually horrible at business. Like, but he like really wanted to step in as a father in this moment, and he's like, I want to like help you try to get some money or whatever, if like we can, I was like, yeah. And like, you know, my, my mom, who's like such a Jew, she's like, they, they're gonna like, we should mail, malpractice or whatever for blah, blah, blah. And I was like, calm down, you know, we're not gonna do this. And, um, and so, uh, oh, by the way, I got a cast that was uh, in like an L-shaped cast, which is horrible. You have to keep your arm like this. It sucks, yeah. And, like, my boyfriend kept being like, yeah, when I hurt my shoulder, I'm like, fuck you, you, like, fat piece of shit. Yeah. And um, and so I, like, I had the cast on. I, like, it was bright neon yellow because I was like, I'm not getting hit again. Uh, I'm going to make this very bright. And, like, the second day I had my cast on, um, I got it wet, which is, like, the thing you're not supposed to do. It's disgusting because uh, I had to have it on for like six to eight weeks, you know, um, and so, you know, after day two, it starts to smell really bad and uh, that was not fun, but 
I know. It was horrible. Um, and so, and I would use like a uh, barbecue skewer, skewer to like itch my cast because it's so fucking itchy and like the wetness and the itch. Oh, it was a nightmare. You have to like take showers with a plastic bag, like shampooing with one. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, it's awful. And uh, I also was drinking a lot during that time. And I, uh, I really fell into it. And I was like, how am I going to like roll spliffs anymore? And I was like, and then I like taught myself how to do it with one hand. I was like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's cool. And, um, but uh, I did end up getting like $5,000, which was Yay, dope. That's not enough. Which is, uh, I know, I probably could have gotten more, but you know. My dad is not a good negotiator, uh, unfortunately. I think that's like the bare minimum. They were like, we just said we were going to give you that anyway. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, no, it's okay. I am glad. I, but that is, ironically, the amount of medical debt I now owe for a different bike accident. So um, so we'll uh, keep ignoring that. What? It did? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> God damn it. Oh my God. We're all in trouble. I was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to fucking panic now. Um, actually, someone, someone uh, mentioned like slicing their fingers or something. I was thinking about a time in college. I was like frantically making a puppet. I was, like really had to make a puppet. And I was like, God, this is like such an important project. And I like sliced a huge part of my finger off. And I was like, Jesus, like how important is this? It was like a very, but it did. I didn't go to the hospital. And then for a long time, sometimes you just have to let your body heal. And uh to let nature take its course. I have so many scars on my body. Um, you guys have been a wonderful audience. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Aviva Siegel! Dealing with puppets and broken limbs. My God! How do you... It was That was lovely. I laughed. I, I had to wipe tears out of my eyes. Thank you. That was a beautiful moment for all of us. I feel, I feel we're all closer right now, and I'm really happy about it. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, it's it's having it. My poor uh, Jonathan. Do you want to tell a story? Jonathan, actually, my wonderful boyfriend, has been injured so many times. One time, one time after Thanksgiving, he punched the wall and broke his hand, and it was it was my fault. It's because it was. It was it was this it was a thing, but it was it was my fault because the I didn't use it. They weren't they weren't they weren't the right waffles. They weren't the right waffles, but we kept those waffles petrified. Are the do the waffles still exist or we did we throw away the waffles that were petrified? You still have the waffles? It's been four years. Fun stuff. He's kept the waffles as a remembrance, as to not get punch the wall the wall will never win the the, nothing nothing you punch will ever win when I was a child my father gave me one of those things is like that you did with your thing speed bag I was really good at it as a young child it was one of my favorite things to do was just because I had a lot of anger as a child I was raised a Republican. You're, does anybody want to do a story in between? 
We got a story. Yes. What is your name? Michelle. Michelle's going to tell a story, everybody. A story of pain and dismemberment by audience member Michelle. Everybody clap wildly. Yay. Pam, I know you from the 420 parties. Fuck yeah, you do. Where's Emily? She said she'd be here. She's gonna be here. Right. Hold it, hold it in your hand. It'll be better right. than the. There yeah. you go. Okay. You so, go. <clears throat> I was 23 years old, I think, and I moved to New Orleans. I'd never been there. I just said I'm moving there. And well, a friend, a, a girl I just met at work was moving there, so I said, "Can I come with you?" And she goes, "Yeah." So we moved to New Orleans, and um, it was getting cold, and it was getting really cold and it was very damp and cold and so um and this was a long time ago okay so <laughs> there was um you know just your house phone and so I was taking a hot bath and phone rang and I was like I bet it's one of those cute boys I met so I ran out and I got the phone and I talked to the phone and I was like Shh, you know totally nude and wet and it was freezing so I ran back in the bathroom and to jump back into the hot tub and as I ran into the bathroom I slid and I fell like, bam, on my tailbone. And I hurt so much that I was like, ah. But I got back in the bathtub and then I realized my toe hurt a lot. And it slammed against the wall. And I was a stripper at the time. So I had to wear heels. Well, I didn't have to wear heels because they didn't make us wear heels. We could wear whatever we wanted. But basically, what are you gonna wear, right? Yeah, come on. So. A cu- couple of day- the next day, my toe was turning a funny color, and a couple of days later, it was totally, pretty much, dark blue, and everybody was like, "Well, you might have broken it, or you might have sprained it, but there's nothing you can do if you go to the doctor anyway." And I didn't have insurance, so I mean, I know now they probably would have taped it together. That might have helped a little, but basically, all my shoes that I would wear to work, I- I'm fairly tall enough, and I was quite thin at the time, so I didn't really need high heels, but I wore like low heels. Anything I would put on, even something like this, would just hurt like hell, so I couldn't have any elevation. And this was the 80s. And they had those boots that are back. It's so funny, they're back. And they look like... No, they look like wrestling boots. They're totally flat. Totally flat on the bottom. And I found these ones at the cheap shoe store that were like flowered. They looked like old lady wallpaper. And I was like, these will (laughs) work. But then I had to coordinate all my outfits to that, which I usually wore black. It didn't work very well. But anyways, I figured out some, like, past, it was pastel and stuff. So one day I'm wearing my dork, and I also felt really dorky. So I'm up on the stage. I'm dancing around in my stupid looking shoes. And, um, <laughs> and my friend that I worked with, Peaches, Peaches said, oh, Celeste. My name was Celeste. Not Michelle, my real name. This is my stage name was Celeste Monte. She says, oh, Celeste, my, f- my regular client, my regular is coming in, and his name is Smiley. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And she goes, he works on the offshore oil rigs. But when he comes into town, he comes in here and just, you know, they don't spend any money out there. He'll, sp- he'll spend a bunch of money. He'll take a shopping. And I'm like, I'm not walking around with some guy named Smiley in my dorky-looking shoes on Bourbon Street. This was on Bourbon Street. I worked at La Paris, featuring the French orgy. And it was um, right next to unisex, which was boy and girl dancers. So couples could go, and they'd have a boy dance, and a girl dance, and a boy girl dance. And at, what's that? Uh, that wasn't there then. 
no. And <laughs> this place isn't there now either. <laughs> but they had this old picture from the 70s of all these girls in G-strings like pig piling on top of each other and it said, the French orgy. And so um, sometimes people would come in and be sitting there having drinks and go, when's the orgy? And the bartender would then ring a little bell, we called the orgy bell, and go, orgy bell, ding, ding, ding. And basically we'd all get on stage and we wore like little like, you know, abbreviated outfits, like mini skirts and little tops and things, but we'd strip out of on stage. But when we were walking around, 84, 85, I think. So then we'd all get on the stage at the same time and dance around like whatever that that's your orgy shut up <laughs> that's all you're getting and then we would dance on top of the little tables which was really hard to get up on the table with my broken toe and sort of dance there with my big stupid boots in people's face like hey trying to look sexy hey yeah hey. <laughs> and i'd have to walk around and you know and encourage these people to pay for one of these dances I would get on the table. That's how I made my money. I was like, can I get on your table and dance for you? Hey. And <laughs> how much money did you get for a table dance? Oh, God. It was like not a lot. Five bucks, ten no bucks or something. Way, no One song. What? Ten, maybe. This was the 80s, girl. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd always say, would you like another song? And then, you know, if you're lucky, okay. you got, you know. So, and New Orleans is cheap to live there, okay? So anyways, <laughs> so, so my friend, okay, so my friend is like, Peaches is like, okay, Smiley's coming in. So Smiley comes in, she's like, come on, he's gonna take us shopping. And so we go to this horrible stripper store where there's nothing, I mean, I wore kind of like cute, weird, funky, punk rocky kind of vintage outfits. And it was all like that really trashy, going to Florida stripper like fringe and orange cut off shit and stuff and I'm, there's nothing in this store I want anyway and he's like come on I'll buy you something and I'm like I don't know I don't know oh and I forgot to say I was on acid <laughs> yes before this happened Peaches said let's do some acid so we're on acid we're drinking fuzzy navels from the place next door and I'm in there on acid going I don't, I don't know and so the only thing that looked like it might fit me was uh, this white, that looked okay was this kind of white swimsuit that was all lace and um, she goes, all you have to do is, when we come back to the club, you wear it for Smiley and he'll buy it for you. So I'm like, all right. So we're walking back down the street and I walk by this person and I go, and I'm totally like freaked out and tripping out and it's Bourbon Street's a mess. And I walk by this person and I go, that was John Travolta. And it was John Travolta. I turned around and looked and it was John Travolta. And I was just like. <laughs> so then I was all tripped out. I get back to the club and <laughs> And I go to put the thing on and I bought the wrong size. So it's like a size small and I wear like a large. And so it's like pulling up and I have to dance for Smiley in my goofy boots and this dumb white lace leotard thing that is pulling up. I mean, it's like worst camel toe in the whole world. And I'm just like on acid. <laughs> like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. But anyways. The end of the story is, my toe finally got better, I finally got some regular shoes on, and I cut that thing in half and made it into a two-piece. <laughs> so that's my story. Yay! No more camel toe! She worked it out! Absolutely awesome! Wow, what a joy and a wonderment that, that story was. Yes! I, I have been to uh, New Orleans and I loved it because 
I learned that they only have to close down one hour out of the 24 hours. So I was at a place and it was 4.30 in the morning and I'm singing karaoke on stage with a picture of IP, uh, not IPA, they didn't have IPA, so I don't even know what those are. It was PBR, different letters. Uh, but it was only $2 and I'd just gotten cigarettes out of the cigarette machine. They have cigarette machines in New Orleans. There's, yeah, it's it's a crazy place. They love drunk people. Like here, I feel like a pariah, and there, I'm an asset. <laughs> I love it. 4.30 in the morning, I got a picture of PBR to my face, and I'm singing separate ways. Let's do it. You guys are going to be open till when? Great, 7.30, let's keep singing karaoke. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. You're next comedian. What a joy and a wonder. Well, does anyone, oh, we just did a story. So our next, what, what an amazing human being he is. I mean, uh, I just don't even want to give him an intro because he's going to be so great for himself. Like really, honestly, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Everybody put your hands together for Chris Knatzer, yay! <laughs> Oh, thank you. That was very sweet. Uh, for Pam, everybody, make it loud for Pam. Come on, she's not going to remember this. Go ahead, and make it, make it real loud. <laughs> uh, broken. That's the name of the show, right? I. Uh, how long? You booked me maybe six or seven weeks ago. You asked me if I could do it, and I said yeah. And all that time I had to just focus and write jokes about you know some specific jokes, and I didn't. So I guess. In a sense, I'm broken, right? And that way, I'll let you down as your as your friend or as a performer. Um, like I have Matt Lauer jokes, but I didn't take the time to to do a set based on the broken bones I've had. Um, so yeah, I'm broken. I'm very broken inside. Um, I was trying to think of. I really have only broken one bone, and that's my thumb. And that was in football practice, which is. Really too butch for my brand at this point. <laughs> um, but, right? But I, uh, I've bled a lot. I've bled a lot publicly. Like, and, uh, no, so I was just thinking about, I was going back in my, like, night, we'll stay in the 80s, right? Fuck yeah, 88. 88 for me, uh, Derek Snyder, the most popular kid in Greenville High School. That's where I went to high school in Kentucky. And uh, he was driving a bunch of kids around in his purple, his purple pickup truck. And then another car full of us, including myself and Ann Greenwood, who I was in love with her at the time. It was 88. It was before she got so. Anyway. Um, <laughs> right? And uh, so we were in the graveyard, and I was trying to scare her, and I couldn't really see. And uh, there was gravestones, of course, in a graveyard. But I ran full tilt at her to try and scare her, and then one of those gravestones caught me right on the knee, and I flipped, and I landed on my head, and bled everywhere, and I concussed myself. Oh, I concussed myself a lot. Still do that. <laughs> I, did a, I did, had a good one this year. Um, <laughs> I think that's why I'm so happy, generally. It's because I've, it's like, uh, it's like those old football players. Like, I'll just be pretty cheerful and jovial, Right up until about, you know, like my 58th birthday when I'll just go crazy, kill a couple people next door. 
shoot myself in the chest so you can dissect the brain. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm broken in that way. Broken in that way, always. Um, no, so anyways, I was bleeding uh, from the head, and it turns out that at the same time, Derek had taken a turn too hard in his pickup truck and flipped the truck with, like, four people in the back of the truck. And so we go over to the nearest uh, person's house we know, and I come in just, like, bleeding all over the place. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I lost an ear. I definitely, like, this feels smoothed out now. <laughs> I can hear on this side, but this side's bad. And uh, they were like, no, you have both ears, uh, but you must have been in that truck. And we were like, what? What truck? What are you talking about? And so then I had to decide, you know, right then, do I lie and say that I was, you know, like in the cool Derek Snyder accident? <laughs> you know, can I count on the three people who were with me to just shut the fuck up? Let me be cool in high school that week? But I made the wrong choice. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I still have to catch myself today. Like, don't exaggerate. Just leave it where it was. Just live your life. That's why you got into the arts. Uh, but no, that's, that's how it really happened. It was bad. Uh, Ann Greenwood and I, I know some of you are curious. Uh, we did not go all the way. I ate her out after prom. Uh, but it was my first time, so I didn't know what I was doing. I might have just been, I don't know, licking her pee hole. Uh, really. <laughs> Had no, I, I don't remember other than neither of us seemed to have a good time. <laughs> she, was, she was great, though. Um, that's my fault, not hers. Then I fell through, uh, I fell through a church roof. Like, <laughs> I fell, fell three stories and landed on a desk, and I have several scars from that. Um, <laughs> no, just, I broke through, the, it was like those fake ceiling tiles, you know, that uh, they look like ceiling tiles, but really it's just like mush. Like if you pour water on it, it'll just crumble and fall to the ground. It was, it was like three stories of those, or like 30 feet, so like two floors of those. And then I landed on a desk in an abandoned church. We were just running around, you know, being drunk kids. Uh, then I tell you the broken thumb football. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. I feel like your story was really more riveting. I haven't, I haven't really broken. I busted my knee. This just seems like I'm bragging, uh, <laughs> honestly. But I lived in Costa Rica for a couple years, and I was on. I was, you know, as I was getting older, in my 30s, and I just tried to, you know, where you're sitting like Indian style. Forgive the slur, uh, like sitting original citizen style. Um, <laughs> And you would like pop yourself up on the on the beach or in the living room floor or whatever. You just like, and I tried that, and one of my knees just went, and I was like, oh no. And so I lived out in the jungle and like made chocolates for a living. Again, I know it sounds like I'm just making it up, uh, but I couldn't walk, so I just had to like drag myself up there and and have my neighbors bring me food for like three weeks and just let my knee heal itself. And so, I don't listen to the healthcare debates because. <laughs> You don't have to. Like, if your body can't fight it off, maybe it's just your time to go. <laughs> right? I live down in the jungle without electricity, and my knee healed itself, and I can walk today. I wait tables, so I'm like a miracle. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if it had been something worse, gangrene or cancer or something, then it was my time to die. Yeah. So I'm tired of all this Obamacare, Trump care. Who cares? I don't care. I really don't care. 
and that's what's broken is our goddamn country. Look, I went off a rail here because now you saw this tax plan, right? You saw page 93. They exposed what's on page 93 of the tax plan. It, uh, it uh, says that a person, a baby, is a person real early, like earlier than we like it, the lefties. I can't remember the exact language because I just skim news articles on Facebook, but that's <laughs> 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 bad. I just look at them real fast and then I get off there before somebody's like, did you sign the thing? I'm like, I, I, I was pretty busy today, but I think I saw it. I, didn't, I might not have signed the right one. Everything's broken. Everybody, very, very, very dark times right now to be a famous rapist. That's bad, and uh, don't you know? Don't worry about your not famous uh, rapists, right? You know, you know, like a date rapist or your local pedophile or whatever. They're doing good work still in the community. <laughs> but fuck, Matt Lauer, <laughs> Garrison Keillor. Who thought we'd like Garrison Keillor and Al Franken? Men Menace, dirty ass Minnesota. Nice. We should have known with Prince that they were dirty as fuck in Minnesota nasty well it's fine like wouldn't you we we gave up who we lost matt lauer but uh we lost charlie rose but we got bill o'reilly <laughs> right wouldn't you make a trade would you trade sweet dick willie right now would you trade bill clinton and his entire legacy right now for donald trump right now there you go there you go so let's get them all out right it's crazy. It's uh, it's a very it's it's an emotional time in our country. The Me Too movement. You've seen this hashtag Me Too. It's like a, a beautiful, beautiful, empowering movement. I think the the most incredible thing, uh, the best thing for me is that it's all social media. You know, like Facebook. So just two, three more weeks, it'll go away. Okay. It's time for the holidays. It's time for the holidays. Can't talk about this shit during the holidays. <laughs> you gotta get to the war on Christmas. The war on, I fight, I fight on Christmas's side, by the way, you fucking lefties. <laughs> now, I, I agree with you on most things, but I do fight for Christmas. I like Christmas music, anybody? No. God, you fucking, yeah. Why? Right? What's wrong with a good Christmas tale? I even like the real super Jesus-y ones. <laughs> they're great, right? Right? They're, they're nice, though. <laughs> you have to eventually separate them from all their meanings. So we we got to keep something, right? We're getting rid of the statues. That's fine. We're, get, we're getting rid of the guys, right? All men. We're getting rid of them slowly but surely. We're getting them out of positions of power. Eventually, we're going to have films made by women, right? <laughs> You've seen, there's a couple of them out right now. Films written and directed by women. I swear to God, Lady Bird? Anybody see Lady Bird yet? Of course not. Uh, but they're out there. They're out there, they're coming. Look out for the ladies. We're getting rid of uh, the statues. We're getting rid of men. Uh, oh, doesn't it? I hate that we got rid of Bill Cosby. We gotta get rid of Jefferson too, right? I know. What about Abe Lincoln? Probably pretty fairly abusive toward Mary Todd, who we know had mental illness. Let's get rid of him. 
Let's get rid of all of them. <laughs> all right. Well, I like to leave most of my sets with a horribly controversial statement from a fellow comic in the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Chris Knatzer. Have a great night. This is one white bitch. That's what I'm saying. Mary Todd Lincoln, she was nuts anyways. I heard she was all crazy in the head. Like, people have done... No, they really have. They've done those, like... You know how they write books about things after they're done? Like, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? They've made one about, like, Mary Todd Lincoln and, like, being crazy and freeing the slaves. It was her husband, but they do a book about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a crazy person. I'm telling you, it's true. Are there, are there any other people in the audience who've had physical pain that want to tell their stories? I see one. I also see one right here. I see two. Yes! We're going to do these. Absolutely. That's what this whole night is about. So come on up. Uh, the first person that's going to come up, he uh, has a podcast here on Mondays from 8 to 10. It's called Forever Two Wheels. That's FTW. That's because he rides a motorcycle and he's at his bitch ass ripped apart by a car or some shit. We're going to hear the story right now in three minutes. Everybody put your hands together for Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Get on stage. Got to get a stage for this one. Hey, thanks for everybody coming out tonight. Fantastic always. Super fantastic. Emily is a no-show. I don't know what happened to her, but uh, anyway, I'm Steve, the team, the uh, Forever Two Wheels show, Monday nights, 8 to 10. It's my partner, George, right there. He does the music. Uh, some will find it hard to believe in my baseball playing, my bicycle riding, my motorcycle riding, I've never broken a bone. Black eyes, bloody noses, almost dislocated shoulder, limps, bruised ribs. You get the idea. Uh but I've survived. I've even raced motorcycles and did not manage to hurt myself too badly. But as I was training a quarter century ago for uh, a big race, uh, an endurance race out of Sears Point, now Sonoma Raceway, uh, we went out and rode dirt bikes out at the Sand Pit, a little place out in the Antioch. So it's off Highway 4, uh, that mecca of the East Bay, maybe you've heard of it, cultural mecca, Antioch. Really nice place. George loves it out there. Anyway, so we're out there riding around. We got the place to ourselves for a couple of hours. We're ripping around. Boom, boom, boom. Me and my, two of my mischievous partners. And we stop for a joint and a little bit of water. And uh, all the little kids from the neighborhood show up. And they're, now, I ride a man-sized dirt bike. So it comes up to roughly my belly button, the fender, the seat. Uh, the rest of these guys are on little bikes like this, and they're all like half our age. And I'm like 20-something at the time, and it's like, this looks kind of odd. So we finish our joint, our water, hop on our bikes, and suddenly we're surrounded by the Supercross starting line. It's like, where the fuck did all these little kids come from? Suddenly we've got like 15 bikes out there in addition to the, the three of us. And they all go tearing off, and my bike fouled a plug. And it's like, damn it. When you file a plug, that means your spark plug has to be changed out. So change it out, put a new spark plug in. I'm ready to go. So I take off, I'm in second gear, third gear, putting along, listening to it, and I look up, and one of the kids went out, flipped a bitch, and came straight back at me, and he target fixated. That's where you target fixate, and you're just gonna go wherever it is at. Uh-oh, this ain't good. So I lean it over, and bam, he hits me. And we're both knocked off our bikes, and I get back up, and I'm like, God, my shifter, my radiator smashed, the set aside of my engine's fucked up, Jesus. I look over at the kid, his forks are bent like that and sticking out of his shirt oh. were the arm bones. It was not looking real good. 
Happy story, though. We exchange Christmas cards every year. Christmas cards every year. Anyway, thanks. You guys have been great. Don't forget to tip your waiters, waitresses, and buy your favorite DJ a drink. Hooray! Steve dismembered a small child. Hooray! What a beautiful story. And they still talk to each other. That's crazy. Yay! My mother didn't even hurt me that much, and we don't talk, so that's funny. She only hurt me, like, emotionally after I was in my 30s, so what kind of bitch am I? That kid still talks to you? Wow! Amazing world. Steve, everybody listen to FTW every Monday from 8 to 10 here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Yeah, you can clap. Everybody's like, ugh. Your next comedian is also named Steve, but you can't, uh, him. He's come all the way from Missouri. I don't even, I can't even point to it on a map. Like, I have, like, weird dyslexia, but it has nothing to do with maps. I just don't know where Missouri is. That's just my problem, because I've lived in California all my life, so I'm a dick. There are people that live in a place called Missouri, which my friend over here calls misery, and I, he chose to go there. But he's back for like 13 days, so put your hands together right now, everybody, for Steve Poggi! Yay! Thank you. I love how you sound incredibly drunk until you have to pitch out a showtime. And then you somehow, you should just talk in showtime mode all the time when you're drunk. Hey, what's going on? I was fucking shitting the baby's mouth. Every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. <laughs> shitting in baby's mouths. <laughs> I'll give you a dollar. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I do live in Missouri. It actually relates to my story. So uh, we'll start the story off with the fact that my mom uh, isn't very good at giving uh, bad news. Uh, one day, uh, she just calls me up, and she's like, hey, did you see Game of Thrones? And I'm like, yeah, it was a good episode. She's like, I, I don't think that character is really dead. I think the zombie people are going to come over. I got diagnosed with leukemia. Do you think the dragons are going to win? Like, I'm like, what? What? Like. And sure enough, she got diagnosed uh, with a form of leukemia that is cancerous. So I had to pack all my shit up from out here in San Francisco and move back to Missouri to take care of mom. Uh, it was a very unplanned move. I basically literally just had to throw everything I own into my van and drive it across the country for the most nerve-wracking drive of my life. Because I drive a beat-up van with California plates, and I was terrified I was going to get pulled over because the cops were thinking that I was trafficking weed. Okay. <laughs> because I was trafficking weed. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I want to retire. I don't want to do this horse shit forever, okay? That was my 421OK package, and I want to live on a beach. Uh, so I get out to Missouri, and uh, like uh, the first thing, like Missouri is it's just, it's all about just getting drunk, like crazy drunk. Like every time you go to a gas station or like Chuck E. Cheese, there's big bins of like airplane bottles of liquor for a dollar, like it's, <laughs> It's like a playpen at McDonald's, kind of. Like, just get all as you can. How much? Like, I think I won these. I don't know what we're doing. but And so I got really into those. And it was weird because it, she is doing drugs. She's drunk. It's okay, guys. She can smoke her fucking medicine. 
Somebody should give her some coffee, but let's give her the other thing. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not smoking. Uh, but it's like I got really into drinking these things because I had family around me all the time. Like everyone was coming over to mom's house, all the cousins and aunts, and everyone was keeping a close eye on me. Uh, so I turned to the airplane bottles because they're very covert. Uh, like Steve's using the bathroom a lot. And I just go in there and just burr, 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 burr. you just pound it down. And that's the sad thing about it is that it makes so much fucking noise. Like every time you want to just have it, it, it's like a shitty game of Mario Kart where you win but still lose. Like I, I don't want to hear my sorrows drowning. I just, I just want to have a drink and make matters worse. I have a bad vehicle. And so it's, a, you know, it's a green van, but I've got a silver bumper and a silver fender because I hit a deer so hard that I cut my radiator cap in half, just blasted this thing. And so I had to get out and look at it because I'm a curious person, right? I had to see, you know, what happened. I got out there and this deer's laying there and his brain is leaking out of his head. And you would think if something's brain was leaking out of its head, it'd be pretty quiet, but not this son of a bitch. He's out there. I'm like, your brain's out of your head. I can't fucking help you. Like, if you sprained a leg, I've seen Homeward Bound. I could patch you up and get you back. I can't put a brain back in. I don't have glue sticks or thread. Like, this is, you're fucked. You know, you're on your own. And I tell people that story that live in California, and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I am fine. All right, the deer is ruined, but I am fine. And then I tell that story to people in Missouri. They're like, did you keep him? Like, no, I didn't keep, like, what do I want a deer without a brain for? What good is that? I'm going to sit him on my couch and introduce him to my friends. Like, hey, guys, this is Gumbo. Yeah, we're going to put a Santa hat on him and make him an Instagram star. You know, get kids in there for quarters. Or airplane bottles. Three airplane bottles. Get you a picture with fucking Donner. But it, it was the, the whole brokenness is it's, it's ups and it's downs. You know, I came out there. I didn't have any bookings. I didn't know what to do. I had to look into getting a real fucking job, which in San Francisco is not that horrible. Everyone's got alternative workplaces. But, you know, drink a beer at work. We don't give it. Make your own hours. You know, we'll give you <laughs> unlimited tokens to the meditation slash jerk-off booth. You can't, you know, work if you're confused. Get in there and relieve your spirits. Right? And in Missouri, they're just like, we got a lot of hours. Like, oh my God. Like, you want to work 60 hours? No, not at all. Like, if I just came in and said hi to everybody and left, would you get me a Big Mac? Like, let's trade out here. Let's trade. And I tried to think of things that I used to do. You know, I used to deliver pizza, but I had to resign from that job uh, because I was getting so stoned, I was showing up without the food. It was bad for everybody. Just ringing doorbells like, you guys the Johnsons? I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'll be back in 10 minutes. It'll be hot. Quit your bitching. Quit your bitching. But, you know, I thought I was out in San Francisco. Now I live in Cowtown. Like, you know, if you want to get rich, you got to make an app. Right? That's the secret. I'm like, I can make an app. How hard is it to, you know, make an app? Pretty fucking hard. Pretty fucking hard. You got to read a lot of shit. You got to write in a language. It's like, I can't make an app, but I could steal somebody else's app, right? Like, I could start up like Airbnb, bring it, right? Where two people show up for a discounted room, but you got to fist fight the guy to stay there, right? Like, you get knocked out. You can't stay at my mom's house, pussy. You got to leave. You go stay at the Red Roof Inn and get yourself some bed bugs, right? 
But it, it was just sad. I had nothing going on. I feel like I've watched everything on Netflix. It got to the point where I watched The Secret on Netflix. Yeah, I was so sad and broken. I was like, let's give it a whirl. We already sold the weed. Let's see what happens with the fucking secret. And I, I thought it. I was like, I'm going to win the Powerball. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to win the Powerball. I felt like I was going to win the Powerball. I imagined myself winning the Powerball. I bought the ticket. Sure as shit, hit the Powerball. What? None of the other numbers, just the Powerball. You got to be very literal with your dreams, apparently. We need that shit in MLA format. <laughs> we do. We do. How bad do you want it? That's what you got to ask yourself. And uh, then, then we get a spike of good. One of my ex-girlfriends, like the most beautiful girl I ever dated, we, like, we dated like seven years ago. We reconnected, right? We started hanging out, drinking all the time. Like she carried around a shopping bag full of those little airplane bottles. Like, are you a distributor? Like how deep into the airplane game are you? And we were just drinking all the time, having sex like crazy. One day we had sex seven times in one day. I'm not saying that in a bragging sense. I'm just saying if you believe in yourself, you can fucking achieve your goals. All right? I smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and drink whiskey. I live my life in fear of steps, let alone having sex seven times. I didn't think that was that much juice in the grapefruit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't. But I fucking, I, you know, got in there. I got it done, and it was great. And then she's didn't talk to me for like two days. I didn't hear anything from her. I called her, I texted her, got nothing. I was like, all right, maybe she's not interested. And then after two days, she calls me up. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, we lost communication. I was actually in the hospital. And I was like, well, what happened? She was like, I, I actually tried to take my own life. And, uh, you know, it didn't work. And I was like, what do you mean? You? She's like, I, I tried to hang myself. And I'm like, well, you're here talking to me like, what is, she's like, let's just meet and we'll talk about it. And so like out of 30 years of dating, I've never sat down across from somebody and had them tell me, it's not you, it's me. And I fucking believe them. Like I believed her. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think it's me on this one. <laughs> think it's all you. And I'm like, well, how did you like survive? Like, did you like cut yourself down at the last minute or like wiggle out of it? <laughs> like... How do you fucking, like, that seems like a one-way road. And she was like, no, my husband found me. I'm like, we're learning a lot about each other today. I'm going to go back to the airplane bottles. So I'm, I'm drinking, and then, like, you know, here, if you run into an ex, you might be out at a bar or something. Uh, or, you know, you might be getting at a restaurant or something. Uh, in the Midwest, if you run into an ex, it's at Walmart. Uh, that's that's where all social interaction takes place. And I ran into my ex at Walmart, which was very inconvenient because it was the, the girl that I broke up with because she wanted to have way too intense sex for me. Like she sat me, like one night she was like, I got to talk to you about something. And I'm like, fuck, here it comes, right? You fucked a busload of guys or something, right? What What's going on? Let's fucking break the ass. She's like, I want to be choked when I have sex. And I'm like, You're like all right, like I... I drink a lot. I don't want to wake up next to a dead body, you know, but I'll, you know, fucking bonk you around or something. I'll fucking pull your hair, give you the business, right? I didn't realize, like, the level of intensity until we started to have sex, and she's like, do it. Do it. And I'm like, I don't know. This is pretty good right now. Maybe we shouldn't do it. She said, come on, do it. And I'm like, 
Two hands. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you alive? Was everything okay? She's like, spit my mouth. What? Like a burglar? Why would I do this? I'm serious. Get rough with it. Hit me with a rock. You want me to go outside? I don't want to. Stick that gerbil in my ear. We don't have pets. Why is this happening? I think we should see other people. I think we should. There I am face to face at Walmart with her. I went to family Thanksgivings, right? She's there with her new guy. And I just wanted to be like, you know, hey, if you knew that I knew that she knew that I knew that one of her uncles molested her, and cause this whole, you know, OJ sex. <laughs> you wouldn't enjoy that turkey that much. You wouldn't. But I, uh, I, kept, I kept drinking. I kept getting fucked up. And as you know, you build tolerances to things. Uh, except for Pam. Pam has no tolerance. She just fucking gets in there. You can do it, Seabiscuit. Win that gold medal. I got so fucked up, uh, I went out drinking at a bar where the, the people like me, so they try to kill me with liquor. Like, we're supposed to count to three. Who counted to nine? Same price. Good luck. Right? Uh, and then I woke up in the hospital, and I was restrained to the bed, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm cool now. Like, uh, could you get off the, the fuzzy cuffs? Right? And the nurse comes over and she's like, we'll, we'll, we'll undo your restraints, but we just want to let you know that you have a catheter. Like, well, things got pretty crazy, I guess. Why? Why was she's like, well, the police brought you in. I'm like, that's not unusual. I'm, uh, I'm oddly familiar with that. And so they, un- they unstrap me. I have to stay hooked up with electrodes and everything because uh, I got so drunk, they didn't know like what drugs I was on. They were like, he might've made something new. Like, we've never seen anything like this. And I didn't realize how bad it was until a police officer walked in, and I'm like, oh, man, here comes the tickets. Like, I'm going to be in trouble. And he was like, hey, man, I just... We didn't think you were going to make it. And I was like, you have underestimated my ability to party. Uh, Poji always makes it. And he gave me his card and was like, if you need to talk to somebody... I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to a cop. Like, wait, what, I'm going to call you to meet up and have lunch so I can tell you my problems. I show up, you shoot me. Like, I don't think we're going to do this. I'm okay with that. Anyways, I'm Steve Poge, you guys. That's it for me. Thank you very much. Steve Poge, everybody. Hooray. Do we have any other? We have another. We have another. We have a broken story from the audience. Uh, and then we're and then we're gonna be to our headliner Natasha Muse, who we're very very excited about, uh, and that's gonna be awesome. Uh, hey everybody! Sorry, what? No, I gotta put the phone thing back together. I'm a dick because your genie's husband, your Sean, Devin, Devin. Sorry, I. All white guys look the same to me. What can I do? I'm like, 
I'm like, I've really moved accidental racism to the utmost point because all white guys look the same, just like all white, just like all Asian guys and black guys. They all look the same to me. But they, I'm sorry, that makes me a dick. I mean, does that make me a racist or just like, I don't know. I just don't pay attention to anything. Your next comedian. He's going to tell a story about uh, death and dismemberment and pain. Put your hands together for Devin. Yay! I was really worried about coming up after our friend from Missouri, but the, like, the random casual racism, I feel much better now. So thank you for that, Pam. Um, I'm Devin. Hi. Uh, so... I was just going to tell a quick broken story, I guess. Um, I felt a lot better, too, with our, our fellow Jew. She left earlier, but, like, she told that story about her arm. I was like, that happened to me, too. Like, I ran into a kid uh, playing, like, touch football, and he was, like, a seventh grader that was, was probably, like, 14, and, like, uh, hurt my arm, right? And I go to the doctor, and he's like, oh, they got a little chip. Put it in a splint. You'll be fine. Six weeks later, I'm like, I'm still in a lot of pain. And we look at the X, we take another x-ray, and he's like, oh yeah, your arm's like broken straight through. And I'm like, so, why didn't we notice that last time? But um, anyway, the real story though. So it starts out with, yeah, they didn't sue, they didn't sue. I just got a cast and then it healed and everything was fine. Jews can heal too. It's true. so the real story is uh, it starts out with Devin used to not be this tall. I used to be like normal height in high school and I played golf and I was a total nerd and I'm on the golf team. My coach was like genius, I, like 5'3"-ish and we got along great. Junior year, Devin gets tall. Coach doesn't like me anymore. Uh, he was not so happy with me being so much taller than him, I think. And so I quit the team, I joined the tennis team. I was very white, I guess. Golf, golf and tennis. Um, <laughs> So I'm playing tennis at practice. I turn to chase a ball. Something hurts really bad. I immediately fall to the ground and starts fucking screaming in pain. And I like look down. I'm like screaming. And I like, you know how like at your knees normally point forward? So this one was like 90 degrees that way. And I'm like screaming and I'm like, holy fuck. And uh, this is not one of the other kids. It's like, oh, I'm going to go get the physical trainer, I guess. Cause I, don't know, I don't know if we didn't have a nurse, I guess. <laughs> So the physical trainer. And so this lady comes, I'm like, fuck. And meanwhile, this is like my coach, he was like the chill teacher and he comes up and I'm like, I'm on the ground. And he comes up and he's like, wow, Devin, way to go. Like what the, what the fuck, really good job. I'm like, fuck you, Mr. Brown. I hate you so much right now. And uh, she comes over, physical trainer. I'm like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, oh, this is like, my, I just started today. I'm Mrs. So-and-so. Day one, day one for this lady. And I'm sitting there screaming like, holy Jesus. And she's like, oh, she's like, this is awesome. Like, do I get to do this every day? She was like stoked about it. I'm like, I'm so glad you're happy about this right now. And so like, they're having like a conference about what to do. And I'm still just like, you know, screaming in pain. And she's like, okay, so basically like legally, I'm supposed to just like put you in like a cardboard splint and send you to the hospital. But like your kneecaps again, like over here, and you're screaming in pain, so I'm probably not gonna do that to you. 
And I'm like, great, that'd be fantastic. And so she's like, okay, so I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, oh, what? What's happening now? And she's like, oh, so one, two, crack, and just puts it straight back in there. And I'm just like, fuck, I love you so much. And that was it. That was the entire story. And uh, that's it. Thank you. I'm Devin. <laughs> Devin can still walk. That's amazing. That lady should be fired from her junior high job or high school. That is a, what a horrible, you should not do that. Just send them to the hospital. Do you, why would you? I, uh, well, there you go. I the third the third time I broke my nose, I put it back together on my own. Like I'm gonna pay someone to do that. Just whatever. Small children are flexible. You just kind of. I'm a nanny. I just I don't let them ever get to those dangerous places. <laughs> I'm a, I'm super safety freak though. Like I'm like ah like all the time. I'm so. Ooh, don't drive with me in a car. I'm like, ah, oh, ah, and you guys driving cars. I don't know how you motorcycle people do it. Maybe you can, ah, it's so scary. You guys, the concept of driving a car is so higher order thinking crazy times. Like, everybody's on their own trip and they're all doing their own thing, but you're doing your own thing. But some people are smart and some people aren't. And some are trained and some are, some are like, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I gotta drive faster. What? Ah! Like, how do you, that's too much! I don't know why, I, I like to take the bus. Right? Because it's like, I'm gonna get there in 45 minutes. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I just, I just budget the forty-five minutes for the time to not give. A, I read books. I love it. You people, you. I'm sorry. I don't even get it. You drive around. I can't conceptualize, and then you get hurt. Does anybody want to tell a story before our headliner? Does anybody have a super story? Okay, you guys are in for a fucking treat. Your headliner, what an amazing human being, and I can't wait to hear what story she has to tell to you. Put your hands together, everybody, for Natasha Muse! What a great introduction that was. That was wonderful. That was, give Pam a round of applause. That was... I was, I've never seen anything quite like that before. That was quite amazing. I like, you were channeling Robin Williams for a second. I felt like you were, were just, just like that, ooh, nah, nah, ooh, driving a car, what a concept. You know, that kind of, remember Robin Williams? He was alive, right? Am I wrong? No, right? Yeah, thank you, it was funny, yeah. Yeah, right? But then he left us hanging. What? What, you guys knew him? <laughs> you guys friends? <laughs> anyway, we'll give it up for all these broken losers everybody's talking about. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't know why. Why am I calling everybody a loser? I, I actually am embarrassed. I, you wrote it and it was, you put a space in Broken, so I thought it was about like this new line of Barbie dolls called Broken. Um, I wrote a whole bunch of jokes about uh, white privileged uh, guys uh, driving. <laughs> Which I realized is just regular Ken, so that was, anyways, um, yeah. But I, I have some, I have some of my own horror stories. Like 
Uh, my life's pretty good generally. I'm pretty much done growing as a person. Uh, but I have had some, and like a lot of comedians, they are broken inside and out, you know, right? I mean, that's, but you know, I also like, um, uh, like I, my wife, I'm married, it's great. We have a really wonderful, loving relationship. And she bought me tickets to Hamilton. Yeah, and uh, I'm in Hamilton trying to enjoy the show. Someone in front of me is a little too tall, frankly. And so the whole time, I'm like kind of leaning a little bit, right? Before intermission starts, I already got a crick in my neck, everybody. Anyway. I mean, I'm just saying, we all have different levels of things that hurt us, you know? And I just feel like, you know, everyone's talking about seeing bones and stuff, but you know, I also have my own kind of personal... Like I got a new pair of shoes and and I'm I have kids and they're wonderful they're really smart we just got they just got, my daughter got her first report card she's already doing really good she's the line leader which apparently is good and um, and uh, and I got a brand new pair of shoes because everything's going good and I had to walk her to school and uh, I got a little scuff on one of my shoes guys yeah it does it does every you know every there's pain and then there's pain you know. Right? So. Uh, did you guys know that in, uh, pain is uh, bread in France? So that's something to think about, right? Au bon, right? Au bon pain, right? Where is that? That's East Coast, right? East Coast, you guys ever go to the East Coast? That's the best, right? And then it's quite frankly, it's better. Um, I don't know, why am I this arrogant person? I'm having fun. You guys had a full 90-minute long show. Steve pretty much headlined, you know? And then now it's also, I'm here too. And then that's okay. You know, a lot of the core people left already. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. I don't hurt. I'm great. How long has this been? Guys, it's been three minutes and a half of a minute, which is what? How many seconds is that, guys? 210, right? Anyways, math, that's fun. You know what's broken is our school system. Because my kid's not that great, but she's getting good grades. Something's up. That's what I think. Something's not right. She's not that good. She doesn't even, it's all Spanish immersion. She doesn't even understand Spanish, I don't think. But they, she's, they're, they're nice to her. Um, it's good. This is good. This is, uh, this is not broken. Usually these things are broken. Right? Anyway, I hurt myself today. Uh, to see if I could feel... <laughs> right? Focus, I focus on, yeah, focus on the pain. It's the only thing that's real. Anyways, uh, so, but I have hurt myself. I, uh, back in the 80s, we we're talking about dancing in the 80s. I tried to break dance in the 80s. You guys remember break dancing? Yeah. And I did this. I did this move where I put my hand. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna fall for that twice. But I did this thing where I did this thing, and I did both. And I tried to hop around like a frog, which I think. I don't even. Now that I think back at it, maybe I didn't even know what breakdancing is. Now that I think about it, maybe I was just dumb. It was called the frog. You stick your tongue out, and and then your uncle jumps over you. Is that right? No. <laughs> he called it the frog. And he's like, you got a frog in your throat, you know, and I'd be like, ah! <laughs> anyway, um, so, 
Yeah, so that night, it was actually, it was like a weird function my parents brought me to, and I was a kid, and I, that night, and I, oh, I, so the, the part of the thing is I fell forward, and like, my, I knocked my teeth out. Have you done that before? Yeah. And then, uh, but I also, the same night, I found $5, which was like, so much money to me. And that night, I feel like I was like, well, yeah, I hurt my teeth, but I also found five bucks. Like, those two things seemed equally, like, good and bad like as if like you know like the balance of the force had was maintained and then I was just thinking about like how my parents would have gladly given me ten dollars to not have done that at all you know <laughs> but to me I was like they were like well sometimes good things so that happened <laughs> so that happened right that's a hacky thing don't ever say that so you got uh, I liked and I enjoyed your Thing about your friends getting molested is that what happened <laughs> so is that was that you and then you felt left out right but you said that it was it was dr dr seuss or mr seuss was he really a dr seuss right i do not like this sam i am is that like a lot of that going on <laughs> please help me ma'am i do not like this sam i am <laughs> Remember, because he got, he had friends, yeah. Do you guys remember? The th Anyways. I got, I got molested. It wasn't, but nobody, they didn't have a cool name or anything. Just, ah, you know, I forget his name. That was, that was a bummer. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get molested. It was not a, not a lot. It was just a touch. But it was, you know, it was, a, huh? Yeah, it's fun. Um, it's good. I was like, a, I, got, I got out of it by just being a cold fish, which is weird. I don't know, like, I just was like, <laughs> And I kind of turned, turned him off. It was great. I don't know. I guess he wanted me to, like, fight or something or be into it. I don't know. I was just like, I guess you can touch me. I don't know. Anyways. Did anybody hear? I got, and I felt guilty afterwards. I felt kind of bad because I could tell it didn't go right for him. I felt like, I felt kind of like, like, oh, I let you down. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, and then I, another time I it was, I don't even know if this counts as getting molested. Is this on topic? All right. Like if you're, if you're six years old and you're playing spin the bottle with other six-year-olds, but there's also like an adult that's like arranging the whole thing, is that molesting or is that just like a weird memory? I mean, it's, well, I guess maybe it's both. It's definitely the weird memory. I mean, that's obviously five-year-old's birthday party. Five-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> well, we were wearing hats. Yeah. And that's, that's all we were wearing. Is that, does that make it weirder? We were all naked. Uh, yeah. What else? What else is fun? I got, oh, um, you know, one of my friends in high school, he, his brother, um, what is it? He murdered him. And uh, that, was, that was rough, right? And he murdered, his brother murdered him and his dad, and he set his house on fire. It was this whole... Thing. And, uh, but, 
it was weird because I was like friends with the kid that got killed, but we weren't like super close. So my friends made fun of me for crying. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Then I felt like I didn't know how to grieve, right? So it's broken. Is that broken? Am I on topic? I don't want to. I don't want to make this. I don't want to do comedy wrong. See you guys now. Oh, I don't want to screw this up. Just so you guys, I'm looking at this. I'm not cheating or anything. This is just my time. I don't want you to think I'm cheating at comedy. That's the worst, right? We have, besides Louis C.K., he cheated in his own way, right? But then, well, he didn't cheat. I, well, did you think he was cheating? Is that why everyone's mad? Because he was married when that was happening? What if it turned out? Was he married when he was asking people to jerk off in front of him? What if that was the thing that everybody was upset about? Was, <laughs> Well, it would have been fine if he was single. He was married. Stay the dear marriage. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> so, this place is great. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Like, is the building... It, is the building a mutiny against us being here? Is it just like, no? <laughs> this, this is fun. Oh, I was standing over there earlier, so that's weird. But um, yeah. Anyway, I did, uh, Viva was talking about falling on. I fell on my bicycle too. So that was, right? I was uh, really good. I was uh, actually, this is kind of embarrassing because I was really into Pokemon Go for a little bit. Remember Pokemon Go? So cool, right? All the young people were doing it, right? All the young, cool people, right? Pam and I, right? Were you playing Pokemon Go? I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't do it. Oh, well, then this could not have happened to you. Well, it's, I think I might have actually accidentally said the punchline already, which was that I was playing Pokemon Go. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was riding my bike, and I was drunk, right? And that's... Usually, how many of these broken stories were with people who were, were you drunk in your? No, I was no? Uh, like 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you could still hold your liquor at that age. Okay, yeah, all right, that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah, school, yeah. School, yeah. A little nightcap? No, kneecap. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, so I was playing, so I was drunk, I was on my bike, and I was like, cool, this, uh, we're about to stop, we, me and the bike, we're about to stop, <laughs> just two of us having a night, nighttime cruise, coming home from a show, drunk as fun, drunk, also, any time anybody writes AF, it means as fuck, right, but in my, I told myself one day that it means uh, and fun, and uh, it just makes, anytime you read something, just go, oh, they're, they're cool and fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fun, just is a fun thing. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I was drunk AF and uh, just, and I saw it was like about the stoplight was coming up, so we're about to stop. So I don't need to pay attention to like getting to the stop sign. You know, I can just kind of check out my phone as I roll towards the end. But I was drunk and I kind of stopped pedaling, but I was still moving forward. And I basically just lost momentum as I was looking at my phone and I was too drunk to notice. I just went like this and went, and I just fell over sideways. And I uh, broke my arm or whatever. Um, I thought it was funny because it was right after the election happened, you know, and it was weird because I was like, I felt like Hillary Clinton. Like I was just like, 
There's the end. I got it. I got it. I'm done. It's going to happen. No problem. What could go wrong? I am just going to coast to the end and maybe stop paying attention. Let's start partying now, you know? And then, like her campaign, I just kind of didn't hit the finish line. I just fell over sideways, you know? Do you guys not get that as an analogy? You're not really responding to it. Is it like a sore point? Are you ups upset that Hillary lost? It is weird, those three candidates. It's sort of like a weird, like, like as we know, Trump beat Hillary, right? Fair and square, right? FNS, yeah. Uh, everyone complains about the Electoral College, but not like Hillary didn't know about the Electoral College. Anyways, uh, not like she was surprised, you know? Anyways, Hillary beat Bernie, but Bernie woulda won. Right, right. So it's like this weird Rochambeau of politics, right? <laughs> right, T Trump is rock, obviously. Hillary is paper, and Bernie is scissors, right? No, no, wait, I did it wrong. Someone, someone fact-checked me, but Hillary is scissors, yeah. Bernie is good on paper, that, that's what it is. Bernie is good on paper. Trock rump, I mean, rock Trump. Trock rump, wow. Dr. Seuss, right? <laughs> Bernie, yeah, so that's Rochambeau, yeah. Only lesbians, lesbians can do the scissors. Oh, that's uh, Hillary, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Hillary's got the scissors. Yeah, she's my favorite lesbian. Uh, the only one that, Hil that Bill's not interested in fucking, though. How is that possible? Ah, oh, Hillary. Uh, why would I? Anyways, I guess we. I gotta go. It's like three minutes till ten, right? Yeah, you have like. Yeah, you have three minutes left. Okay, cool. Yeah, three. Uh, great. Uh, uh, I'm gonna end it with another story. Uh, it has a little bit of dip in it. Uh, a little sad part. I was in uh, Golden Gate Park with some friends. We were at a show, right? Performing comedy show. I, they gave me a free bottle of wine, right? Which is my way of saying that the producers didn't take all the bottles of wine with them when they left. So uh, <laughs> I put one in my purse. And uh, I was walking on the sidewalk along with some friends of mine. And uh, these two skateboarders just kind of zipped by us. And they knocked the wine out of my purse. And it, yeah, I know. And it was broken, right? I told you there was a dip in the story. I was pretty upset. Um, <laughs> I should just end it here. I don't even know. It, it might not get funnier. I was playing Pokemon Go. Ah! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, uh, we, we were just, and I was, uh, they wrote, and they kept writing, and I was writing into the darkness. It was night, and uh, I was a little drunk, and I was like, oh, you brought my bottle of wine. You know, pretty upset. Not super upset, but like pretty upset, you know, like, but I, I feel like it sounded more like, you know, my two dollars, you know, that kind of a thing. And apparently I was very, uh, like, uh, intimidating, because one of the skateboarders fell off the skateboard, and the other one, uh, so the, the skateboard like rolled towards me out of the darkness and along with the empty skateboard and the other skateboarder ran towards me holding his skateboard aloft and he hit me across the face and the head. Yeah, that's what I said. Ow, and oh shit. And ah, you know. And at first I was upset and uh, um, then I was like, uh, well, at the very least, you know, this like wasn't a hate crime, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, because like, uh, you know, I'm trans and uh, which... Some of you know, some of you don't. Most of you probably don't care. But I figured this guy was late at night and it was dark. This guy didn't know, right? So he hit me like he would have fit any other middle-aged lady in the park at night. And I thought that was 
that was pretty cool, you know? Like, felt like, all right, that's pretty nice, you know? And some people would have looked, some people would have looked at the ground and been like, oh my God, you know, half my tooth is, you know, missing, you know? That would be the pessimist way, but for me, I'm the optimist, so I was like, you know what? Half my tooth is still in there, and that's pretty nice. All right, guys, that's been my time. Thank you guys so much. show tonight everybody is broken uh thank you so much for being here everybody turn around and clap for zun zoo running your ones and twos all night thank you so much for doing that uh next week on pamtastic uh, i won't be here because i'm gonna be in mexico because i haven't been on vacation in like six